0: and welcome to what the kids said today the parenting show that is more than a show it's the village that you've been searching for i'm kendra wise and i cannot wait to dive into the deep end of all things parenting with you as we build our village together hey there welcome back to what the kids said today today we're going to talk about how migraines got me pregnant But before we jump into that, I want to talk about why my husband and I were very set on not having a third baby. As you know, originally we only wanted to have one kid, but then that changed with Aurora. But after having Aurora, we were even more sure that we didn't want to have any future children after that. And a really big part of that was the fact that Aurora has Hirschsprung's disease. Um, Because it can be due to genetics, we didn't want to risk having another baby with Hirschsprung's. So that was a big part of it and also Aurora herself needed a lot of care. So we didn't feel like it would be doable really or fair to a new baby and for Micah and Aurora to have another. And the financial burden of Aurora being in the hospital so much was a lot, so we weren't really financially in a place to have another baby. So we were sure there would be no more babies. And the plan, before we even knew that Aurora had Hirschsprung's disease, we had decided that I would get uh, my tubes removed and be sure that there'd be no more babies. But when she was born with Hirschsprung's disease, that kind of went right out of our minds. We were not even thinking about that because, you know, the first month of her life or maybe a little bit more, we were living in the hospitals basically, back and forth between the main hospital and the one in Boston. So we kind of like forgot about it for a little while And then even when she was home, like officially after going for her surgery, coming back and going being lighted back again, and we were back, she was having to have irrigations two to three times a day, which each one, you know, takes 20 to 30 minutes. And I was also running my home daycare. So there wasn't a lot of time and there was just a lot going on with her health still. And really that continued for a few years like that with her having to have irrigations several times a day, lots of doctor's appointments, going to Boston for her doctor's appointments with her surgeon. And eventually figuring out that she needed botox which we thought was really weird. Um, you know, I never had really thought about what else it's used for besides your face, you know. Well, in this case it's used in the rectum to help the anal sphincter relax because a lot of kids with Hirschsprung's have trouble with that. So, she had to do that and that was something we had to do every few months. We'd have to go down to Boston. And get that done. And it was really hard on her, which made it hard on us, of course, <laughs> but it was a lot of time. And I couldn't see myself going and getting surgery when she needed so much care. You know, you have a surgery like that and you're down for a little bit and, I was the only one doing her irrigations. My husband knows (laughs) how-ish. He never had to do them in the hospital. Like um, Aurora's surgeon didn't teach him to do it. She taught me. So he knows the way that he was taught in nursing school, but it's not the same. And with his job, didn't really work out most of the time anyway because I'd do it in the morning for her but he was already at work because he leaves at like five in the morning so and then I would do one midday if depending on the day that one was not always so he was still at work and I just do it during nap time when all the uh, daycare kids were napping and then she'd need another one before bed And he was usually also getting ready for bed, so he would be able to get up super early in the morning, 3, 3 3.30. So for me to have surgery and not be able to do those irrigations would be life-threatening for her. And I wouldn't be able to do it because the way you do it, I mean, she has to be laying down on on a mat on the floor. And I am also sitting in that, And the way you have to, like, lean over to do it puts a lot of pressure on the stomach. So I just couldn't see how that would work out. So just kind of kept pushing that surgery off. Like, okay, someday when she's better, I'll get it done. But then I started getting migraines. and i had them like i would get like an aura if if you have migraines i'm sure you know what this is um it's uh, it's like it's like a light but with squiggly lines and it kind of it affects your vision for that time and i would get that and it would last for maybe 10 minutes or so and then once it went away about 30 minutes later i was like get this horrible migraine and nothing seemed to help it and i got those every so often and eventually was just like okay we need to figure something out about this so i went to my doctor and her first suggestion was stop taking your birth control i'm like oh okay She said to give it a couple weeks, and if it, I think she said two weeks, and if there was no difference, then it wasn't that, and I could go back on it. Well, went off the birth control, and no more migraines, so, and that was clear within two weeks, so I just stopped taking it, and then And in six months' time, I had no migraines. So we were sure that it was the birth control. But I went back to my doctor and said, okay, this worked. Super happy about that. But I do not want to get pregnant. I cannot have another baby. (laughs) It cannot happen. What can I do to help make sure that doesn't happen? And obviously going back on that birth control was not an option. So she went through all the typical things, you know, the shot, um, an IUD, which I was was like, no, I'm not getting one of those. (laughs) Like, if you know me at all, I I don't like uh, anything really medical or artificial like that. So I tried to avoid it as much as possible. So I was like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> and anyway, we went through all the options. And she recommended getting on the mini pill. Still a birth control pill, but she was pretty sure it would not cause migraines. Because if I remember this right. It does not have estrogen in it. It's progesterone only, and usually what causes the migraines with the regular pill is the estrogen. So I was like, okay, that sounds great. And she was very clear with me, okay, but with this pill, you have to be really, really responsible about when you take it. You start taking it, and you take it every single day at exactly the same time, not an hour later or whatever, and if you skip one, then start taking them again right away, but, you know, no fun stuff until you've been back on it for, like, I think a week it was. I don't remember, but she, she was very clear, and I understood, and so we did that. And then about a month later, I was pregnant. And that was such a shock to us. Like that whole six months of no birth control somehow we managed. And then as soon as we get on that, when we, I get on the mini pill, it's like, oh, here you go. Have your third baby. And obviously we had him but it was a few weeks or more of really just being very stressed about it and not knowing what to do because we did not feel prepared for another baby in any way. We didn't want one. We So there was a lot of talk and just stress, like we were worried that the baby would have Hirschsprung's disease, and if it did, it, you know, we got really lucky with Aurora, as bad as it was, we were really lucky that she did as well as she did, and we were afraid that if we had another baby that had Hirschsprung's disease, that we wouldn't be so lucky, and it'd be a lot worse, so there was that fear, There was the financial burden of having another baby on top of the financial burden of Aurora's medical needs. And not being sure if I'd be able to keep my daycare open if we had another, because it was a lot different this time. Before, like when I had Micah, I didn't have a daycare yet. And when I had Aurora, I was like just starting the daycare. And I only had a couple of kids. And we didn't know about Hirschman's. So <laughs> we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into with that. And then now, with the third one, I had a daycare that was full like eight to 10 kids all the time, depending on their ages. And how would I? do this with an infant, a newborn, with all these other kids, who some of which are also infants, and what if he has Hirschsprungs? If he has Hirschsprungs, and then we're at the hospital all the time, we have to close, and what if he ends up with an ostomy? All these, like, worries that, what ifs, that there is no way to plan for those, of course, but You worry anyway. So there was all of that. And I put a lot of pressure on myself with this because, well, obviously I'm the mom and I'm the one carrying the baby. So ultimately, I felt like it was up to me basically deciding whether to keep the baby or not. And I don't remember if my, well, in the very beginning, I don't think my husband said anything about this, but I I guess I felt like I knew he didn't want the baby. I mean, we had talked about that, so I, I knew that. And I guess just from our conversations, I just felt like, he felt like I should get an abortion and that eventually at some point he said I will never tell you to get one and that stems from a, a whole different situation in his past but and I just felt like he was saying I would never tell you to get one and I'm telling you this because I want you to, but I would never tell you to. So I I almost felt like I had to, which I know. Obviously, I don't. It's my buddy, and I make that choice. But I also didn't want to have the baby, and I didn't know what to do. So I ended up scheduling it. And talking to them about what that would look like. And set up the appointment and everything. And I just was going to go. And, of course, I schedule it out. Maybe they do this on purpose. I don't know. They schedule it out, like, a week or two. So it's not, like, soon. Which... Now, I'm really glad they did it like that. I was kind of annoyed at the time because there was so much stress and anxiety built up. I just wanted it to be over. But it gave me time to really think about it and feel my feelings about it and realize that that's not what I wanted and that I could not go through with it and I would hate myself if I did. So about like, I think it was like the day before I called and I was like, I can't do it. Cancel my appointment. Which in hindsight, I'm not surprised. I've never been one to be against it or judge anyone that has had one or anything like that. But I was, I never could see myself as someone who would get one. Although, I I don't know, maybe that's just how it is when you haven't had one and haven't been put in a position to feel like you need one as you would never see yourself as doing it. But I just couldn't. So I I told my husband, I, I was like, I know this was the plan, but I can't do it. So we're we're having a baby. (laughs) And I could tell that he understood. But, of course, all those concerns that we had about having a third just come rushing back in. Like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And we had no idea, no clue at all how we were going to do it. So we decided we were just going to do it and deal with each problem as it came. So that's what we did. So as pregnancy goes on, I'm still not excited about having this baby. And I don't think I ever really got to that point throughout the entire pregnancy. I never was like, yay, having a baby, so excited. It was just, I'm pregnant, yep, I'm having a baby, which was different for me Uh, you know with the last two they were planned and we were very excited for them so it was hard we didn't really share that I was pregnant for a long time Um, you know oftentimes on social media you share your baby bump or the ultrasound and all this and I think I don't think I ever did that with this one but anyways, so pregnancy goes on and I find out that I have placenta previa, which is when the placenta is blocking the cervix, which means when it's time, baby can't get through. So there was a possibility that I could end up needing a C-section, which for me was like the biggest, no, the biggest fear of pregnancy ever for me was having to have a c-section. So of course now I'm freaking out about that now too. And I just feel like the whole natural birth is out the window now. And so... With placenta previa, you have to get um, ultrasounds a little bit more regularly just to monitor where the placenta is so that as you get closer to your due date, they'll know if you're going to need a C-section or not. And so I went and they do the, um, the ultrasound to check for it vaginally. And when they were checking the ultrasound technician was having a really difficult time getting a good visual on where the placenta was and she had to move the baby out of the way. Essentially, she pushed on my belly and pushed him to the side and she was able to see that I still had it, still had placenta previa. So, um, went from there and after a while I realized, um, baby's not moving. He would move once in a while, like, but his movements, even when he did move, were so slight that it would be like, oh, I think he's moving. Okay, maybe not. (laughs) And I could see it once I was like really pregnant. I could see his movement because he would have, I don't know if it foot or what, but was like right by my belly button area and I could feel it and see it just move like a few inches to the side. And then that would be it. Maybe sometimes it would move back to the same spot, but that was all the movement that I got out of him. There was no flips happening in there, kicks and all that. So of course that made me nervous and made me feel like there was something wrong but every time I went in for my prenatal visits they would check his heart rate and it was beautiful ultrasounds always showed that he was growing probably too much he was a giant so they were not concerned I was I was like what if he has Hirschsprungs? What I'm not sure how that would <laughs> affect his movement, but you know, it's on my mind. And what if it's something else? What what's wrong? So the whole pregnancy is just full of stress and anxiety and discomfort and just not doing what, just not doing well. But thankfully, we do eventually find out that the placenta did move and it moved far enough that I would not need a C-section, which I was extremely relieved for that. Surgery scares the crap out of me (laughs) and I would love to avoid it. I, you know, at this point in my life, I had never had any type of surgery. So the idea of having to be cut open and have things taken out to <laughs> take a whole baby out of me is no, I can't. I would, I don't even know. They'd have to give me so many anxiety meds for that to ever happen. Um, so, but other than that, all that, which is a lot, um, Pregnancy continued on smoothly um, with not too many problems. Um, unfortunately, there was no way to find out before having him if he would have Hirschsprung's disease or not. There's no way to test for that. So that stress just kind of stayed there. And so eventually, you know, I get to my due date. No baby. No. Um, no progress at all. You know, no dilation or anything, none. So we schedule an induction for like a week after. Or so and actually. I don't even think we waited that long this time because I was so uncomfortable and he was so big. (laughs) I think once I got to my due date, they were like, let's schedule this for, you know, whatever the nearest date was. I don't know. Cause I think it was like on a Friday or something that I had my appointment and then, um, was scheduled for like Monday or Tuesday or something like that which before, like with Aurora, they they made me wait until my due date and then scheduled a week out. So she was like a week late, but I ended up going into labor like 12 hours before I was scheduled for my induction. But this time I unfortunately did not go into labor and did end up having to keep that appointment for being induced. And, you know, now which as scary as it was for me to have to be induced, it was also kind of great because we could plan ahead and be ready, which was really good for us, especially this time around. We didn't have a plan for who would be with Micah and Aurora when I went into labor and was in the hospital. My sister, Alicia, had helped out before when I had Aurora. And I kind of thought she was going to this time, too, because early on in the pregnancy, she had mentioned that. But then, like, a week or maybe two before the due date, she had asked me what our plans were and who was going to be with the kids. Uh, So that's when I realized that obviously was not going to be her. So when my friend Paige later asked me what our plans were for Micah and Aurora and how we were going to handle that, and I said, I really don't know. I think Will's just going to drop me off at the hospital so I can be induced and he'll be with the kids. I was really relieved when she volunteered herself and her husband, Mike, to help out. So we ended up having the kids stay the night with them. They got to have a little sleepover with their kids. And then she took Mike at a school in the morning, the morning that I was induced, and Aurora stayed with them for the day. And... I am so grateful for them for doing that because truly I think that's what we would have done if if we didn't have them. I would have ended up laboring and delivering on my own while Will stayed home with the kids, or at least with Aurora and Mike was at school. So I was relieved that that was not going to have to happen like that, especially with the way the pregnancy had gone with him not really moving and the fear of him having Hirschsprung's disease. There was a lot that could have gone on there and um, to not have him there would have been really hard. So, so thankful for them. So they did that for us and we were able to go in worry- free as far as Mike and Aurora, because I mean they're Paige and Mike are great people. We trusted them, and we knew our our kids would be well cared for. So I went in to be induced in the morning. I think I had to be there around seven or so, but wasn't actually nothing really started until I think around eight thirty when by the time the medication was actually flowing. And once it was, things happened pretty quickly. You know, my first um, we got labor took 30 hours or so and with Aurora, it was only eight. Well, this one was even faster. I started having contractions pretty quickly once they got the pedosin going and the contractions were strong. They weren't too painful. I was able to just kind of pace back and forth through them and breathe through them, and I was okay. But they got strong fast. And and Paige had asked me to, you know, keep her updated on how things were going. But things were going so fast that I barely got to update her once. And... So I I got in bed after a while because these contractions were getting strong. And almost as soon as I got in the bed, I had one that was even stronger, like the strongest one yet. And I dropped my phone because it was just so sudden. And once it was over, I picked it up and started trying to text Paige. I was like, um, but then the nurse came in to check me, and she said I was 8 centimeters. I was like, wow, okay, this is fast. And so then I went back to trying to update her on that, and um, just as I hit send on the text, I had another really big contraction. And after that, it was time to push. And everything went pretty well for a little bit there, pushing and everything. And then all of a sudden, nothing was happening. He he was crowning, which, as I'm sure you all know, is the worst part of delivery when... Uh, You know, the the head is visible, just kind of there. But it was stuck, and it was stuck there for like, I don't know, two or three contractions worth of trying to push, and nothing was happening. And uh, I say he's stuck, but in the time while I'm pushing, I have no idea that he's stuck. I just know I want him out. But the nurses, the doctor, no one said, oh, he's stuck or anything like that. They just kept quiet. And then this nurse comes over on my left side kind of gets my husband to move out of the way. And she comes over, puts two hands on my stomach and starts pushing like full body, like pushing hard. No one told me she was going to do this or why or anything. So I'm just like, seriously, like, hardly able to talk. Like, what are you doing? Get off of me. (laughs) Like, terrified. Like, no one's ever done that to me while I was delivering before. I had no idea why she would be doing it. But as soon as she did, I was able to get Luca out, which was such a relief. And afterwards, while I was being stitched up, the doctor she explained what happened. She said that he was stuck because his shoulder was stuck underneath my pelvic bone. Which in hindsight, we're like, ah, that's why he wasn't moving during pregnancy. He couldn't. He was probably stuck that whole time, which probably happened when they were trying to do the ultrasound to check the placenta previa and the tech had to push him to the side to be able to get a good visual because that was exactly like she pushed him over to the left side, which is where he was stuck. So it all made a lot of sense after that. But unfortunately, it did cause some Problems with his left shoulder, he um, doesn't quite move it the same. Even now, he's three now, and his like when he runs, his left arm, he's getting a little better, but mostly it kind of hangs, and um, we've had some issues with him dislocating his wrist or elbow, or might have been different. <laughs> it's happened many times, but so he's had some issues with that. And I think that was why, as he was developing as an infant and toddler, like, he didn't crawl or even sit up and all those things till very, very late. So that's probably why, because he couldn't – to crawl, like, he couldn't – he had a hard time putting weight on that arm. So, yeah. But then – go back to you know delivery and all that. He so he was out and that was great. Um I was bleeding a lot. I mean obviously we bleed afterwards that's normal. But I guess it was a lot more than normal even for me. I don't know. I in the last you know the first two pregnancy I don't know, it seemed like a lot of bleeding to me, but I guess this time It was more, I didn't, they didn't show me like the clots that were coming out, but my husband, who's a nurse, was concerned. He was like shocked at how much there was. And so they had to give me a medication to help with that, the bleeding, which I was like, okay, fine, Thinking they're going to give it to me by mouth or in the IV that they have me on anyway. No, of course not. <laughs> Why would it be anything easy like that? No, it's a suppository. So I'm like, no, no. Like just hearing that, I was I just wanted to cry. Because uh, this, this might be a little TMI for some, but okay, so... Obviously, when you're pregnant, there's a lot of pressure down there. And this this baby, he was a big guy. <laughs> he was like 10 pounds. So there was a lot. And just, you know, your whole system kind of slows down. And constipation is pretty typical. I had it really bad, though, this time. Like There was one day while I was pregnant that... It was so I was on the toilet for like four hours just trying to go, and I had to take um, milk of magnesia. I think is what finally worked. And so anyway, long story short, there were some really bad hemorrhoids that happened, and they were torturous. That it was awful. So to then finally have the baby, which, you know, makes those worse because of all the pushing and everything. And now I have to have a suppository. I was like, oh, I knew it was going to hurt to have it. But, and of course, I say of course, but, okay, in the hospital, you can't do it yourself. You're, <laughs> you have to let them do it, even though you're perfectly capable. It's just policy. So they do that and for whatever reason, it wouldn't stay. It just kept like coming out (laughs) and so they would have to like redo it and because then there's the fear of it not working and I would continue to bleed. but. Eventually they were like, they stopped and they're like, it's not going <laughs> to, it's not going to stay in. So that was embarrassing and painful and, and scary because, you know, I would just kept having these huge clots of blood. Like it was so bad. Like I could feel it every time it was just this big gush and, they had to you know, change everything often. So they upped the um, pitocin in the IV and everything to get that under control. And eventually it, it did and I was fine, but I know my husband was really worried that they might have to take me into surgery to get it under control. I'm glad he didn't tell me that till later, though. <laughs> like, there was enough stress, um, and Luca was doing well, though he was a little jaundice, um, but he was okay. Um, feeding him, there were no concerns there. Finally, <laughs> a baby that could breastfeed and not have any trouble feeding so we were relieved for that obviously because I wanted to breastfeed and he needs to eat but also because that was a good sign that he probably didn't have her shrinks so we didn't have to stay in the hospital nearly as long as we did with Aurora of course but I don't think as long as with Micah either. Except he did have to... We had to wait a little bit. They wanted to send us home like... I don't know. The next morning. But he was jaundiced. So we had to wait for that. To get better. Um, Which took a couple... Well, I think a couple days total. And... He was getting circumcised also, so obviously he had to stay for that. And it was weird because he was healthy, but at the same time, there were a lot of concerns, but not necessarily right away, like while we were still in the hospital, but over time there was. like um, he. We were pretty sure he didn't have Hirschsprungs because obviously he was eating and not vomiting and all the things that went wrong with Aurora. But I also knew that some kids don't get diagnosed until they're like two years old or older either. So I was still worried, and part of that was because, although he did poop, he didn't pass all of his meconium while we were still at the hospital. Some of that happened later. But he was going, so we were like... Or at least I was worried, but also trying to push that aside because I shouldn't be worried. or That's what I was being told, and I felt like I shouldn't because everything was fine. But also, he didn't cry like any newborn I'd ever heard. He was quiet. It was such a quiet cry. And that lasted quite a while. I remember one time we were at a restaurant, he was a few months old, and he was in his, um, you know, the little infant seat, and he was screaming, like, all out, scream. And the waiter came over and took our order and everything, like, nothing was happening. And all of a sudden, he looked over and he was like, oh, I didn't even notice him there. And he was still screaming. So that was like a big clue to us like wow it's not just our imagination <laughs> like he really is much quieter. So we were worried for a while for, about that and then there was a time when we, we thought he might be deaf because he didn't react to noises like my husband had dropped something I think it was it was I don't remember what it was but it was really loud and it wasn't like far from the baby it was pretty close and there was no reaction at all you know he didn't jump he didn't cry he didn't startle in any way and so we started like testing it (laughs) like we'd like clap and things like that and there was just no reaction So we were worried about his hearing for a while. And then, of course, there was the physical development that was very delayed. I don't think he crawled until he was about a year old. And he, in speaking, too, he was very delayed. And even his pediatrician, they kept um, referring him to CDS, uh, Child Development services but we they never ended up doing anything because he was progressing although he was very delayed so but eventually he uh, wasn't so quiet anymore and we could tell he, he had no problem with his hearing and he did eventually start talking and now he, he talks so clearly and so well it's blows my mind that we were ever worried about his speech and he runs and climbs and is super loud all the time (laughs) so no concerns there anymore but it's just it's interesting how much they can change and how different one baby can be from another and I think just having all the concerns that we had with Aurora just made me like hyper aware with him and like just on edge I guess that something would go wrong but he has been very healthy besides the dislocating of his arm a few times he's not had any issues and I'm happy to say that we're no longer worried about dislocating anymore he was hanging from like a little thing on the playground the other day like putting all his body weight on it had no issues so We're pretty positive that we're through the worst of that with his arm. So that's good. And so, of course, once he was born, I was super happy, (laughs) like, to have him. You know, all the worries of how are we going to do this kind of just fell away. And we just moved through it you know we just dealt with everything as it came and enjoyed every second of him he was just the sweetest little baby he wasn't needy like had to be held all the time but also like loved to be held and snuggled so and Micah and Aurora did so well with him they were just in love with him right away. My husband um, left the hospital that afternoon after I had Luca and got Micah from school and went and got Aurora and brought them to the hospital to meet their new baby brother. And all the way their little faces lit up and they were so gentle and sweet with him. And it wasn't just in that moment, just when they first met him. It was all the time. They always wanted to snuggle him or help with him. Or, and they were so good at being quiet when he was sleeping. It, he's just been such a good addition to our family. Yeah, we were really glad that I did not go through with the abortion and really listened to myself with that. So I'm really grateful that I had the time to consider all my options and feel my feelings about it all and give myself that time to make the right decision because If that appointment had been able to be made same day, go do it, it probably would have happened. But because I had time to process and really think about how that decision would affect me and my family, I was able to make what ended up being the right choice for us. So... Of course, anytime you have a tough decision, you're going through anything like this, do your best to give yourself time to process, to feel all your feelings, and move through them a little before making a decision. Because you can't go back after. So I'm really grateful and happy then I made the decision I did, and then it worked out for us. So now we have our three babies, and couldn't be happier. We're not having more, though, for real, this time. <laughs> Finally, got the surgery, got my tubes removed. It will not happen on purpose or unintentionally again. Five people in our family is plenty. <laughs> so we are grateful for that. And it's funny though, my one of my sister teases sometimes that I could still get pregnant. You never know. <laughs> Which is actually funny because um, about a month or two ago I missed a period and I told my husband (laughs) he was like what if you're pregnant I was like what don't you remember I had surgery (laughs) like that can't happen and he was like well what if it could what if they made a mistake in your surgery and only took one fallopian tube, or which I know sounds ridiculous, but there was a reason he said it, and that was because. Um, so I had a lot of medical issues um, about not even a year after I had Luca, and so I was in the doctors a lot, and. I needed to share some bit of information with another doctor. Cause I was seeing like three or four different people. And so I was looking through online in my like patient portal to find it. And I found on accident while I was looking for it, um, my surgery for my fallopian tubes and I don't know how to pronounce the name of the surgery, but there's two different surgeries. One is like for the surgery I was supposed to get to remove both fallopian tubes it was like a salpingectomy or something like that. And then there's another surgery that has a very similar name. It's like almost the same. And that's the one that was on my chart. And that is to remove I think just one tube in an ovary or something like that. And it also said that there was something else removed. I don't remember what it was called, but I remember I had to Google it at the time. Cause I was like, what's that? What did they take out of me? <laughs> and it's basically a mass. And I was like, well, oh. no one ever said anything about that. So he was like, well, maybe that's really, that is what happened and that they didn't take everything out. And I'm like, yeah, but it's been three years since I had Luca. I probably would have gotten pregnant like a couple times <laughs> between now and and then if if they hadn't actually done what they were supposed to. So I was like super positive that that wasn't possible, but also freaking out a little (laughs) that I could be pregnant again. I was not. It was just late. Well, not late. I just skipped it. But now it's back. So (laughs) but like, wow, way to throw that at me. (laughs) But yeah, anyways, not getting pregnant again, ever, ever, ever. Love my babies, but I don't want to go through any of that again. So, anyways, uh, I would love to hear any of your birth stories. I love hearing about them. They're all so different, and they can be pretty wild. So, if you have a birth story that you would love to share, send me a message. You can join the um, What the Kid Said Today village on Facebook. And share it there. I seriously love hearing those. So I hope to hear from some of you. Let me know if you want to jump on here and share it and do an interview. I would love to have you on to share your story with us. Um, But until then, thank you so much for listening. And I can't wait to hear your stories. Thank you so much for listening to What the Kids Said Today podcast. Join the conversation on Facebook in our private group and become a part of the family as we build our village. If you love what you're hearing, I'd so appreciate if you would subscribe, rate, sponsor, and give a review. Until next time.